Welcome to The Key to Carowin, a work of original fiction by Wendy Fair. Key to Carowin is narrated by Mason Fair. The Key to Carowin, Chapter 1. To begin. It's the light that bothers me. The lack of it. It's wrong. No colors get through it. Nor does it make proper shadows. Only the intangible sort. I hate that. Hate not seeing what ought to be seen. I suppose he did that on purpose. More would have been too much for you. Would have blinded and eviscerated you to your very bones. I, however, much prefer our sort of light. Multicolored, multifaceted, disclosing, uncloaking, penetrating. The light in your world only bounces off things, off of people. It never properly attaches to them. It never becomes part of them. Do you see what I mean? That was my undoing in the end. I didn't see things very clearly until it was too late. None of this should have become my problem at all. I should never have come here, sent into this lightless, rust-colored void that smells of disarray and erosion, irrevocable and irreconcilable. I am something other. You believe I am cruel or vicious or diabolical or merciless or... I am not. Specifically, I am not unfeeling. That is not my color at all. You would know that if you had ever once seen me in the light of my world, a world in which my virtues shone. But here, in your plastic-coated light, my image conjures to mind words like deplorable, mean, foul, vile, terrifying, sadistic. If you were particularly erudite at the moment you saw me, Assuming you could collect a thought in your head at all at my presence, you might come up with words like deplorable, pernicious, heinous, malevolent. Some have thought me irascible. I am not any of these things. I am simply pragmatic. Your world cannot run itself after all. You need me. You need someone like me whose job it is to do the things that others would never do. Those things others are not strong enough to do. What would you be if I were not present? If I did not do my job and there were no hardships or difficulties or harsh realities to strive against. If I were not here, you would become weak. You would collapse into yourselves and lose yourselves to the dark that is your world. The virtues of your feeble race, bravery, sacrifice, honor, and all those other words you humans sling about so recklessly would never come to light again. Your existence necessitates my work. You need me. I do not need you. That is the reality of the situation. I, however, came to a very abrupt halt when you began. It all fell apart for me when you arrived on the scene, but then you wouldn't recall that far back. 
You barely existed at that point, and even at that, existed only in the loosest sense of the word. But we, on the other hand, we existed long before, and I am confident will continue to exist long after you are gone. Our world is so much younger than yours, and older, too. It can be no other way. Then, it all went wrong. I shouldn't be here. They made me do it. Made me what I am. I don't belong amidst the dull colors and everything cast in half-shadows. This isn't my place. His response was unreasonable, uncalled for, and excessive. What was so wrong with me, not wanting to leave our world? I was so much more there. Not this unpleasant thing I've become since. I miss that. I remember what I once was. I have recalled my old self so often, I have sucked all the soul from the memories, have worn the colors out of them, until they are now only miserly scraps of faded fabric, comfortless, meaningless. All that I am was lost when I was sent here. You want to know what happened, but I needn't tell you. It is an old story, and one you already know. You have heard it countless times. Perhaps you are missing some details, however, my portion of the story. No one ever tells that part. Let me paint you a picture. There is a single door in the darkness and a man steps through it with something small and fragile cradled in one arm. When the door opens, there is a flood of light in the darkness, a blade, a bullet of shining brightness. But as soon as the door closes, the light is gone. You are suddenly cut off, wondering what could have shone like that, with more colors than stained glass and rainbows put together, more colors than you have ever seen on a shining screen, and a few less than you have dreamt. The man that remains is a stretched thin black, a dusty worn black, and in the dim light he blends into the corners of the shadows and reminds you that there is such a thing as darkness. How do you describe him? Everything you come across in your musing is tall, perhaps, or brooding, or dour, or grim sounds suspiciously like something you've heard, or read, or dreamt before. But at one glance you can tell that he is not any of these things, and yet he is all of them. He reminds you of the smell of old leather, perhaps, or the stone of an ancient tombstone, or the feel of musty paper in a used bookstore. Perhaps you will think, he looks like your own reflection, on a night when you pass a mirror half asleep and unawares, and nearly scream at the eyeless, masked apparition that is you. Yes, he could be that. He takes a long look around and blinks slowly, 
squinting and trying to see in this dimness you call light. The bundle in his arm shifts and squirms and tries to move as if it is, in fact, capable of escape. It is not. He has made it so, though it will cost him much more than he is willing to admit. Now it is harmless, slowly growing lesser and lesser, as if it is losing the outlines that define it, or as though someone has smudged an eraser over its identity. Soon it will be no more than an idea, blending into an abstract concept. No more than a dull shadow amongst the other shadows. It quiets and is still, and the man looks up. He tucks something into his pocket, and it disappears in a flash of silver and a fold of shade. The man is gone, in a shimmer of air and a ripple of ink, and you are just remembering that the sky is overcast and looks like it will rain. And then you recall that you have errands to run and dinner to get back to. You will not remember me until much later. And then you will sit up in bed and think, what was that? I'm certain it's important. But it will seem like a dream to you. And by the time you wake tomorrow morning, you won't remember me at all. He has made me a faded memory here, the ghost of a vague recollection. I could not do my job if I were too noticeable. You would never go along. They tried to find me once, perhaps to try to undo what they did, but I was hidden even to them and I surprised them. Now the door is not controlled by him, but by me. Only I know where the key is. I say who comes and goes. I will admit this. I miss my world. I intend to go back, one way or another. But not just yet. The trick is to stay one step ahead of them. They need to play by the rules, but I figured out some time ago that the rules are for those weak-minded creatures who are not able to think for themselves. The rules are for those who must be told what to do. I am not one of those kind. I know what needs to be done and will do it no matter the rules. After all, if I followed the rules, I could not do what they sent me here to do. That was the difficulty all along, really. The thing they couldn't understand. When he sent me here, he failed to understand how contrary it was to what I am. To live among such coarse, vulgar, unrefined, undefined, vague, obtuse creatures. Anyone giving it half a thought would have understood that I was not made to be hidden in this half-light with you. He didn't need to react the way he did. It was very disappointing. I had served him so faithfully for so long, and then to realize how little he truly knew me and how very little he cared. It grieves me, the worst sort of betrayal. People think I betrayed him, but that is not so. I did what I was told. 
I had no choice. But I've been watching you and listening to you. I know you will not believe me. He forced my hand by sending me here. Really, if he hadn't overreacted, I never would have taken the boy with me. There would have been no need. But how else could I be certain he wouldn't leave me stranded here? I hadn't wanted to take the boy. I never meant to harm him. But then, one never means to do these sorts of things. And I haven't done the boy any harm in any real sense of the word. After all, I left him where he would be safe. I left him with her, even if she is a baser creature. I still watch out for him. Isn't that proof enough of my intentions? Really, if he will simply come to his senses, we can work this all out. I can go back to being what I once was. Listening to Key to Carowin, a work of original fiction by Wendy Fair. Key to Carowin was narrated by Mason Fair, with original music provided by Serena Fair. For more information about this and other projects, please visit shifterspress.ca. Thank you for listening.